Welcome back to Talking Supercoach with Streety and Oz. We're back in our regular Sunday night recording slot. I feel like it's been a long time, Streety, uh, and I kind of wish it was longer because this week sucked. I'm over it. I've had enough. I've joined the Streety bandwagon. Um, I've had a, a pretty golden run, let's be honest, in terms of uh, luck and outcomes and from what wasn't a great starting team to uh, to get up into that, uh, that top 50 and top 40 or whatever it was. Bad week, mate. Bad week for me. Uh, did you fare any better? Uh, it was a bad week for a lot of people, mate. Uh, I don't know, actually. I stopped looking about Saturday afternoon um, and uh, I think I said to you just before we jumped on the pod, I didn't uh, I didn't actually even count take McCree score. So <laughs> it was just a disaster. What, I don't know. I'll check. I'll check now. How about this? Don't worry, I've, mate. I, uh, I it was a, it was the old Dorothy Dix or whatever they, they call it. Yeah. You did worse. Of course you did. Um, I did do worse. I did, yeah, I did no, do worse. Did. I'm back out of the top thousand, mate. There you go. Ah, far uh, out. How far out are you? I don't know, but um, I was in it a month ago, fell out straight away. Got managed to get back in, and now I'm out again. So, how bloody good! No, mate, it was a, it was a rough it was a rough weekend of Supercoach, and just another example of why they need to fix the game uh, and give us more trades because this is ridiculous. And even if you held trades, you can't do much if you've got three or four pre- premium defenders missing. Uh, that doesn't take any skill at all. It is all luck, uh, and it's uh, unfair for people like yourself who have done so well all year. Uh, and just one week and a couple of donuts for defenders where you can't do anything about that. Um, you drop, you know, 30 places or whatever you drop. So uh, I just don't like it. And, uh, yeah, I think they, they need to do something about it. Yeah. No, you've made your feelings pretty clear on that. And I must admit this was the first time where part of me wanted to agree with you. But, yes, no, I dropped 30-odd spots. I'm 83rd now, which isn't great. And what's wild for me is I have I have seven, well, not premium, but seven high-quality defenders, if you include James Harms loosely as a as a premium, not really, really but, loose. you know. Yeah. But I had seven players as defenders that I was going to have to work through, and I still ended up with a zero, having uh, everyone in Sydney's defence seemingly not play, and then obviously the news about Tom Stewart coming through. So it was a, uh, it was a rotten luck sort of weekend, mate. But, um, you know, them's the breaks. I believe the uh, leader overall managed to avoid the, avoid the Sydney carnage. So good for her. I think she's... Jumped out to about a couple hundred point lead now, so it should be home and hosed. Um, but yeah, it was uh, otherwise it's uh, relatively uneventful kind of week of footy, mate. Anything stand out to you? Uh, no, nah, not really, mate. Pretty happy there's only one week left. Uh, that's for sure. Um, pretty happy to park fantasy <laughs> for the year. Uh, but uh, no, nah, it was um, an interesting week. I didn't watch a heck of a lot of football. Watched the D's today, uh, but that's not. Overly exciting either. Would have been a nice day at the MCG, 20 degrees and sunshine. Uh, and then watch the Derby because I needed a Sean Darcy 200 to win my draft grand final. And he tried his best, as he has all year, and didn't quite get there. So, yeah, not many good news stories for for Streety and Streety's champions uh, in his multiple leagues this weekend, unfortunately, mate. If it helps, uh, I've made it through to my draft grand final uh, to be mm. played next week. Doesn't help. Okay, cool. No, I just wanted to basically say that. Yep. No, I feel better about it. Oh, um, good luck. Good luck. Yeah, thank you, mate. Appreciate it. There's, uh, well, I've got half of these injured blokes, so we'll wait mm. and see if I can actually field a team across that bridge. Um, 
look, there's not a huge amount to discuss, obviously. If you've got trades left, I don't know how you do, but well done. Use them however the hell you want. Try and hold on to them if you're in a grand final and use them as a point of difference or to cover a move or whatever you need to do. There's there's not a hell of a lot to cover off, mate. So I thought uh, I thought we could maybe catch you up on Survivor. Have you been have you been watching? Wow, is this is this what the pods are? The pods become <laughs> I haven't. I haven't been watching. I haven't been watching. No, mate. Uh, no, but I know you. I know you have, and you're very excited about it because you have to wait to do this until Survivor finished. Um, but I also don't really care. So, if, do you have another topic of conversation? Yeah. Okay. Now we'll move on. Um, you know, one thing I did want to talk about, which isn't uh, isn't overly super coach related. I just don't think we're going to bring him up in this podcast. So I wanted to touch on it. Uh, have you ever seen a bigger contrast in points? from a first half to a second half as Jack Steele on the weekend. I don't mm. think I've ever seen anything quite like it. Yep, yep. I'm, I'm sure it has happened. But, uh, yeah, I know halfway through that game, I was disappointed that I didn't chase, as were you, uh, the mm-hmm. Jack Steele, Jack McRae, sorry, VC score. And then uh, Steele got a big uh, – he still had about 12 touches or something. And, and he did yep. – it wasn't like he just did nothing. Uh, but scored no super coach points for it. So, yeah, for him to finish with 100, uh, mate, it was a good thing because it means he's going to be slightly slightly cheaper next year. Yeah, when he finds a way into both of our starting sides, I am 100% sure on that. I just, I just couldn't believe it. I was watching the game and I just felt like he was still impacting the game and, yeah, okay, Geelong were dominating, but it was remarkable to watch, like you say, because he still had, yeah, 10, 12 touches, a couple of tackles, the odd clearance here and there. It was bizarre. I just found that one... Uh, that one to be very, very weird. Yeah. I mean, it does show that even, yeah, even the mighty, uh, like your Jack Steeles, uh, mm. can have those kind of games or half of a game, but he obviously still scored 100 thanks to his 90 point first half. Uh, but yeah, mate, it was, uh, I don't know, it was an interesting week. So obviously, the fender carnage that no one could avoid. If you did have trades, I mean, the players that you traded in, I believe Rich would have been a pretty popular one. I didn't draft. He got a 60, which is his lowest score since round one, uh, where he got a 79. So it was his lowest score for the year by an absolute mile, which hurt. Obviously, Lloyd had soreness. Didn't help that the Swans, uh, I don't think they could drop or go up on the ladder. Uh, mm-hmm. So obviously rested him. Mills, don't want don't to even talk about Mills. <laughs> uh, and then Tommy Stewart had the, the freak training accident, which doesn't sound too promising. And then Stephen May was laid out today as well. So just genuine carnage. Uh, mm. And yeah, carnage that at this point in the season, you couldn't do anything about, which sucked. Uh, so yeah, for those of you who managed to avoid it or get through it, even with one zero, uh, you did very well. I think you did very well. Yeah, it's wild. Five of the top 16 price defenders actually played on the weekend and scored over 100. So, it's, yeah, it was just a – it was pure, absolute, complete carnage. Um, and so you like, you just can't really plan for that sort of stuff. That's uh, That kind of is what it is. Again, though, this was something that we talked about earlier on in the season and the value of trades. If you were someone who still was able to hold on to trades to this point, you know, surprising, but – if you were, you got a free 100, 200 points on every other team in this game. So I think it's a good lesson genuinely for if they don't change Supercoach, the value of trades is absolutely massive. And this is the example of, of it backfiring. I mean, I was pretty loaded with trades. I still had three when I think most people were down to one. And I ended up still absolutely getting torched um, because of, you know, 
doing little side swaps and that sort of stuff throughout the year where, where uh, they could have been avoided. Um, mm, I will say, I think this week was the, what happened this weekend is definitely the outlier. I can't remember. It's pretty extreme. Yeah. It happening like this previously. Uh, I've had some shocking years in Supercoach and I don't think I've ever copped two zeros uh, mm. like I did this weekend and that was with cover as well. So, you know, three premium defenders, pretty much three best defenders in the game. Uh, that's not happening every year, mate. So, yes, Trades are valuable, but uh, I do think that you know this is definitely the definitely the outlier. Uh, well, hopefully, anyway. Yeah, no, makes sense, mate. Before we get into our regular segments, because there's not much else to cover off. What about footy chat? Richmond's dead, gone, done. See ya. That's yep. uh, that's surprising. Are you feeling like your boys are a genuine chance? Uh, I don't know, mate. I don't really know how to feel about it in general, to be honest. Uh, the fact they can't experience it in person uh, is pretty depressing. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Melbourne have obviously been woeful for a very long time. Last one to flag in 1964. Uh, we've been terrible pretty much my whole life. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're finally good. We're likely going to finish top, if not second. I think it's first or second based on what happens against Geelong this weekend. Uh, and then we won't be able to go to finals. So, yeah, I, I honestly don't know how I feel about it. Um, I'm not – I don't love watching football on TV. Uh, I go to the football. So, yeah, it's going to be difficult watching them during September. But uh, I think we are a fair chance just based on what's happening to the teams around us. Uh, probably more importantly, the players they're losing, like Tom Stewart's mm. big out for Geelong. Uh, obviously, you got um, the forward for the Dogs who did his knee last Bruce. week. Josh Bruce is a big out for them structurally. So, yeah, kind of all the all the pieces are coming together for the Ds. Um, and, uh, yeah, it could be the year, which, uh, which would be quite cruel. But, yeah, we'll see. Port Adelaide, I don't mind them either. They're kind of got their full team together. And uh, are coming hard. So, don't know, mate. It's gonna be interesting. I did. Uh, I did read somewhere today, yesterday, something um, that it looks like Perth is firming his favourite to host the grand final. They have fans, mate. How do you get in? Just surely we can smuggle you in. Can you get a boat? Swim? I don't know. Uh, well, I mean, I'd be prepared. To, I would be prepared to do the two weeks quarantine, um, but I don't even know if you can do that. So, uh, yeah, Perth is probably the one state that you don't want as a interstate fan uh, That uh, just because it's going to be so hard to get there. But I don't know. I would like to think that because West Coast and Freo won't be playing finals, I don't think that, you know, they, they would try and allow opposition fans or fans from other states to get there, even if they have to quarantine or whatever it is. Uh, mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, we'll see. <laughs> We shall see, mate. We're probably getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, knowing your beloved yeah, D's, there's a straight sets exit. Straight sets. Yeah. Yep. Right ahead yep. of you. I mean, That's if right, one mate. of straight West Coast or Freo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, jeez. That would be. <laughs> I'd be definitely needing a new podcast partner if that was to unfold. That terrifies me. Um, anything else for me, mate? Or do you want to give us a play you're excited about for next year? Yeah. This was hard. Uh, this was hard this week um, mm, because uh, yeah, there weren't many players that I enjoyed watching this weekend that, uh, that did do well. But I will say one, it's another midfielder. And once again, similar to, to some of the other names I've mentioned over the last few weeks, I might not start him, but 
it has been very nice uh, to, I guess, see my faith restored somewhat. Uh, and I guess the the pick that I made uh, about round six over a certain other player uh, who is uh, favorite for the Brownlow wasn't too bad uh, outside of a couple of those early weeks. It's uh, Christian Petrarca is an absolute freak, mate. Uh, and it would not surprise me. I know when I, I said it at the time, if he has a season of sort of 125 plus uh, just with his, you know, just general football ability, what he does is super good friendly, he kicks goals, he plays in the midfield. Uh, he's obviously a okay user of the ball when he wants to be. He's contested. Uh, and uh, he's just very, very good to watch as well. Uh, big game player. So he's averaging 112.6 for the season. And uh, yeah, you take out, you're pretty much those first. Well, actually, you take out the games where you didn't have him. Uh, and uh, he, he's been pretty phenomenal. So, yeah, I'm going to have a close eye on Petrarca. He's going to be slightly underpriced compared to a lot of those other mids uh, for someone who could easily match them, I reckon. Fair enough. No bias at all there. You're picking the best Melbourne player. Interesting. Um, oh, you, I mean, Saints could have had him. What happened? Oh, you know. Yeah, right. yeah. Let's yeah. not. Yeah, yeah. Paddy McCartan's doing Tommy McCartan's doing, Tommy McCartan's doing well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Paddy can't even take Tommy's spot on the Sydney list. Yeah, um, sorry, Paddy, Paddy. He's belting yeah, blokes, isn't he? Is that yeah, him? That, yeah, that's him. That's yeah, that's him. good. Old yeah. right hook, Paddy. Sure, uh, yeah, okay, sure. No worries. I When I did trade in uh, Christian Petrarca, I think he was averaging 103. So he's he's come good since then and, and he's obviously a freak. He is the exact type of player, though, that I don't start in Supercoach and won't start next year. Like, even you're right, I reckon he is unders and I reckon he could average 115 on his year because he had a few bad bad games at the start of the year. But he's volatile, right? Like, he's 160 and then he's a 80 or he's a you know, 60 if he chops the ball, as he's been proven to do. He's also not a massive tackler is the other thing that worries me, which means that volatility is kind of there. So I, I won't be starting him for sure, but he's your prime example of, as I did this year, he has a couple of bad games and he's super undervalued because he can go big as, as we've seen. Like I, yeah, I, I don't know that starting him is the right call, mate, but you do you. Well, I mean, I, I probably won't. I was clutching at straws, to be honest. I like watching <laughs> <You> track play. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to pick a player I like. Fair <laughs> enough. Well, yeah, it's the segment, isn't it? <laughs> no, it makes, yeah, it makes sense, man. Makes sense. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue down a path uh, very different to that and choose players that might, we might have forgotten about because uh, at this stage I'm sick of staring at all the existing players and talking about them and thinking about them and, you know, there's a lot of obvious ones that are jumping off the page. So one that I'm excited about and I just cross my fingers and hope that uh, he gets through preseason because it will make structuring up our Supercoach teams a lot more fun, is Braden Pruce. If he can get through a preseason, be fit, firing, healthy, and be the number one ruckman for, uh, for GWS, which is a genuine possibility, it was planned for this year, he's going to be incredibly cheap, probably in the twos, I would imagine, um, and I would think he's going to be just about everyone's starting R2 uh, which, sure, you could say that's a bit boring because everyone will have him, but it means that we're all going to have to upgrade a ruck at some point, which can bring carnage. And secondly, it gives you more flexibility to, to play around with the rest of your team, which is more fun than in past years when we've probably spent, what, $1.4 million of our budget on our rucks, starting that's- rucks anyway. It's gonna be it's gonna be good, mate. It's actually pretty exciting uh, knowing you likely won't have to start Grundy mm. or Gorn or at the very least your 
Uh, sorry, the max you're only doing one of them. Um, like, when was the last time you considered either of them for VC or C? Like yeah, that's kind of been a month. That's uh, yeah, and you were obsessed with Max and kept doing it even though you shouldn't have. So, um, yeah, it's probably two months for most most normal people. Uh, so yeah, it, it's um, it's exciting, and it's kind of like the the points this year have been in the midfield. Um, and the midfield is the ones that have played every game. I think there's 11 midfielders averaging over 115. And they've mm. outside of two missing one game, they've all played every single one. So, like, uh, that's kind of where you know I think you you get the bang for buck. You always do. Um, and yeah, I'm sure we'll do recap shows and everything. But you know those those Tarantos and those types of picks, like you just end up losing a lot of points. Um, mm-hmm. So like I feel that the Proust is the world, especially because we'll likely have the Marshall. Um, covering yep. the forward line uh, yep. is definitely the the way that you know you sort of you're thinking you'll go very early, uh, so you can you so you can spend that money in the midfield instead. Yeah, that that would be really fun if we if we got to go for a season where we could load up on five genuine premiums in the midfield or even more uh, at the start of your team. It's uh, it's not something we've been able to do for a while, and it looks like very very early days. Like it could be a viable option next year so that'll be kind of fun um interesting so quick summary on the players that we're keen to jump on i'm sure we'll go through more of these but we've got jordan degoey we got taron oh, thomas jordan degoey i tell you what yeah I know. 119 He's, on the weekend he looks unbelievable uh taron thomas was one that i threw up there sean darcy continues to do good things even without having massive impact on the game he's just so super coach friendly so that'll be fun mm. you had aaron hall in there which I found interesting. I can't see myself starting him as a defender, but gee whiz, he's been good. Like now, well, he um so he keeps uh, he keeps scoring well. So I think uh, even though that was a couple of weeks ago. Um, when he keeps banging out one twenties every week, he's getting that too expensive Pricey. territory. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, he I just yeah, shout out, he's been phenomenal, and I was wrong there. Yeah. Yep. No, good on you. Look at you. You're a change man. A couple of uh, cheapy players that missed all this year, Cam Rayner and Braden Proust, both would be very handy if they uh, got really good pre-seasons in. And then you went for a couple other top liners. Uh, and the reigning first and second in our street in Oz Brownlow in like Jack it. Steele and Christian Petrarca. So some really unusual players that you're keen to jump on for next year, considering how much we've owned them. But all right, mate. Uh, sure. Mate, they're both – well, I mean, trucks is a pod still. Uh, yep. only yep. in 10% of teams. And I said I had my criteria for, for Jack uh, and I thought it was a good one. Yep. Fair enough. Fair enough. Is there anyone that's jumped on your never again list, mate? Uh, I'm I sure don't... you've got a, a long list here, surely. Well, no, there is. Um, I mean, it's, it's a very it's a very long list. But, I mean, no one in particular this week. Uh, like, you know, I'd like to say Jake Lloyd because uh, he can get absolutely <laughs> stuffed. No, it. but I, I'll get him next year. I'll probably start him next year uh, just because of the lack of options in defense. Uh, but he can get stuffed, that's for sure. Uh, Tommy Stewart, I've, I've heard he might never play again. Um, <laughs> so, you know, obviously you wouldn't pick him if he never plays. Jeez, never how, plays. how bad was that when they first reported it and it was like he yeah, may never walk again? And you're like, okay, now the reports are out, he might miss a month. And be back for like the prelim. All right. Yep. Sure. Um, well, I wouldn't say blacklisted because I might get him during the year, but a player I'm definitely not starting next year uh, is your boy uh, <sighs> because of the decision uh, that he's going to stay at the GWS Giants uh, for his $8 million over eight years. Uh, and he got a 148, so he obviously gunned it. But uh, Josh Kelly, mate, in that Giants team, 
I'm not starting him. He's not starting for Australia's champions in 2021. That's not to say I wouldn't pick him up during the year if he got to the price that he did this year. But, uh, yeah, I can't see him going anywhere near my starting team if the other midfield is available. And what we just said about uh, the uh, durability and point scoring power of some of the other ones. Mate, he's going to start at the price that you just referenced. He's going to be he's going to start so damn cheap. He's only averaged like a hundred on the year. Uh, does but he yeah, get, does he get better than that with the Giants though? Uh, yes, yes, he does a little bit. But no, I would I wouldn't be starting him either. I, it, it, there's just too many players that roll through their midfield. Too volatile. You can't trust Cameron. Can't trust his body. I love him to bits, and I say that. Uh, and come. Come next season, every chance he's sitting at, you know, M5 or something for me. But as of right now, if I've got my rational head on, mm. it doesn't make sense to start him. Uh, particularly if at a similar price point, there's going to be him and Lockie Neal. And yeah. if they get through a full preseason and Lockie Neal's healthy, it, it would just, I'd want to start Kelly, but it would be dumb to do that. So, isn't Lockie, isn't Lockie excited? I mean, every week oh, that he plays, he scores God. badly and it just means he's. Just that little bit cheaper next year. Uh, yeah, he's averaging 97 for the year. It's great. I, I paid, paid 720k for someone who's averaging 97. It's good. Yeah. yeah. Nice, mate. Well, I'm in the top uh, friggin' 100 and uh, I'm about one of only eight or nine people that have him as the player that was the most expensive player. I averaged 130 last year and he's churning out 80s for me. Mm. So. Well, at least, at least he played. I mean, no defenders did. <laughs> yeah, true. Although if you didn't play, I probably would have got um, Newcomb score. Anyway. Uh, yeah, okay. Sure. Josh Kelly, never again list. My never again list, pretty boring. Tom Hawkins, he can get stuffed. Well, he went well. He's, he's, he's like a 34-year-old. Yeah, exactly. So he's never again. I'm never picking him again. No way. There's no way in a billion years I'm starting him for obvious reasons. I hate starting these players. But even if he gets ultra cheap next year, I'm just not doing it. I'm done. I'm sick of it. I hated watching it. He had a, in his third quarter, he got, or second quarter, I don't know, one of the quarters he got about 50 points. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was horrible. I hated every single second of it. Um, he looks so incredibly slow. Only going to get slower. He, he can slow. get stuffed. He does look uh, slow. So, he looks slow and old. Yeah. The Hawk, last week he'll ever be in my Supercoach team is this week and we'll we'll cheer him off and that'll be it. He'll be done. Well, I mean, he managed to escape suspension somehow. I saw uh, that. That's a so two-weeker, mate. He is playing is this a, weekend. That is ridiculous how he got away with that. Like, uh, I mean, can you imagine second, if Toby Green did that? Well, no. For a second there, Shai Bolton was excited. He thought he was going to come on field for the final week of my team. <laughs> But uh, but Tomahawk escaped the escaped the um, the penalty. So shy. Sorry, mate. Stuck on the bench. It pleb. Yeah, fair enough. You would never pick him over Joey at the moment, mate. Joey, I saw a stat as well. Joey, first player since Joe Danaher to kick a goal in every single game of a AFL season. All twenty three really? games he kicked a goal this year. Yeah, big Joe. Well, he's got he's got one left. Uh, so oh yeah, we'll that's bench true. Him. Maybe we'll bench yeah. him this week because he yeah. might not get there. The pressure's yeah. on him, uh, mate. Joey, Joey's been all right. Been all right. I mean, he he, mm. he hasn't gone big. So I, I I thought he had a bag at him, um, and he has. He's kicked like five. What well, he kicked five goals or something, but only got one or three. Something. Yeah. Uh, mm. So, but no, no. Joey, Joey's Joey's done his job, and he's better than Bolton. So there you go. Well, there you go. So our combined never again list thus far for this year. Paddy Cripps, say no more. Caleb Daniel, never going there again. Isaac Heaney, he's gone. Shy Bolton, never again. Tough one, tough two, these two. Nat Fife, I've got on here. And I've got mm. Callum Mills. Gee whiz, they're two big names that we're never going to have. Well, you're not having I mean, Mills. Mills. Mills can get stuffed. Mm, I might start him just for fun. Uh, Hawkins and Kelly as well. There's some big names on that never again list. We are going to regret that. I can already tell. 
Mm. Oh, I mean, if Mills um, misses uh, four games every six weeks like he has for me, um, probably won't miss that too much. All right, mate, we've got to get on to the best ons before you really fire up because I can sense some more Sydney Callum Mills love coming. So give me your positives. Three, two, one, best on grounds. Uh, yeah, mate. All right. Uh, one vote I'm going to give to uh, a rookie that's found his way into my starting 22, which is quite sad, um, at the expense of Shy Bolton. And he did lose to Shy Bolton by two points, but couldn't care less. <laughs> uh, it's a lucky bramble. Mate, he's a, he's a steal. He's a fair find for the Hawks. Uh, obviously, he's come in as the mid-season. I think he was the last player picked in that mid-season draft, the rookie draft, yep. whatever they do. But, uh, yeah, he's been phenomenal. He's got his role in the half-back line. He's a bloody good user of the football. And, uh, yeah, he just gets some some tidy 80s each week, which is um, yeah, which is more than shy and quite a few of the other players in my team can manage. So, lucky Bramble gets the one vote. Two votes. I'm going to give to Christian Petrarca, uh, just because I didn't call him out before. But uh, yeah, he has been pretty phenomenal of late, and uh, yeah, it's just it's just nice to to see him dominate for the D's. And then three votes. I'm going to give to Paddy Dangerfield. Uh, he hasn't featured too many times for me, uh, but he have averaged, has averaged I think 123 or something in my team. Uh, since I picked him up after the buy and then includes a 21. So that's pretty phenomenal. Uh, so, yeah, Paddy Dangerfield is 169. And he's definitely one that's putting his hand up for next year in, uh, in people's forward lines. If he is available as a forward, uh, you kind of forget what Paddy Dangerfield is capable of. And then he comes out and goes on the run that he has in the last month or two months. And, uh, yeah, the big 169 against the Saints destroyed you guys in the last quarter. He gets, the, uh, he gets three votes. Nice, mate. Like it. I'll whip through mine pretty quick. Uh, One vote, Aaron Hall. I haven't given him the credit he deserves uh, on the year. Yet again, another 120 or whatever he got, but uh, just gets it done. And it's a shame because I think he... um, the likelihood of him getting through a full season and not getting injured again seems very unlikely. And he's done it in a year where he's played really well for a team that nobody cares about, nobody's watched, and they've come last. So I feel bad for him. But, uh, yeah, he can have a vote. And then my two and three, to be boring, were exactly the same. Christian Petrarca gets two. Uh, He's been awesome since I traded him in, and uh, that has been a nice point of difference, one of the few point of differences I have that hasn't got injured. And uh, Danger was ridiculous. On the the Danger, sorry, he's getting the three votes. It is interesting, the way that we planned our forward lines this year, it could just go again, right? Like I think Josh Dunkley and Paddy Dangerfield, provided they hold their status, I think Dunkley Dunkley should. I think he's played a couple of games that he hasn't been in the middle heaps. Um, and Danger is probably, what, 70% mid, 30% forward? So yep. see how we go. Um, but if they're both forwards, there's a few other names that are putting their hand up, the Nat Fife's of the world and that sort of thing. But we could end up with a Dunkley-Danger forward line again. Mate, I could go on better. I could have Danger... Dunkley and Dugowie, two years in a row. <laughs> There's every chance. There's That's honestly a huge every chance. chance. A huge um, chance. And you chuck, you chuck Rowan Marshall in there, who I would have started if he was fit. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's my forward line two years in a row. So there you go. Yeah, <laughs> Leopard good. never changes its spots. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it goes a little bit better than it did last year where they all ended up out of my team five weeks in. Um, but, uh, you know, go back to the well and see what happens. That does make a lot of sense. I, I mean, Marshall will be in 100% of relevant teams. Yep. Goey, if they come out and actually commit to him playing midfield, he'll be in almost all teams. Yeah, wow. 
we, uh, we'll just screen share um, your team from this year uh, on our socials, which I know you're working on. Um, and Always. I'm sure people will just jump on it. Copycat. Yep. Yep, copy and paste. Nice. Except, no, except follow your rookies because, you know, rookie yeah, rookie whisperer. Yeah, true, true. Yeah. I got that covered. Do you want me to do the worst ons first? So, do, uh, do you need the floor to fully unload? Where, where no, no, I don't, I don't, I don't much floor. I'll go first, mate. I've, um, I've moved on. It doesn't bother me anymore. Uh, in fact, it, it bothers me that little that I'm going to give myself one vote. Oh, wow. Uh, and, and I'm going to give myself one vote because I've got, uh, as we know, I've got Supercoach rules. Uh, wrote them at the start of the year, and uh, I've been pretty good at biting by them all year, uh, outside of Tommy Hawkins and one or two others. But uh, one of them is uh, it can always get worse. So I, uh, because I was pretty upset, uh, sort of you know disappointed in the multiple zeros in defence. As I said at the top, bad Jack McRae's DC. I just did bad it because I didn't care, and. Uh, so I went Clayton Oliver and cost myself 50 points or something mm. there. And it turns out I'm only about 100 points outside of the top 1,000. Uh, so there is every chance oh, that, no. uh, that that 50 points that I didn't bank because I, uh, I said stuff it could, could cost me. That could cost so, you the socks, mate. That could it, cost you the socks. It could cost me the $15 KFC voucher and the socks. Uh, so that's actually devastating uh, because it got worse. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's a lesson in that. Um, and it's unfortunate that it's going to cost me KFC socks. I really want them. Uh, but, uh, you know, hopefully that's a, it's a lesson that I learned from in years to come. I mean, once again, stiff that it has to end, you know, that badly. But it did. So, so be it. Mm, wow. Uh, two votes I'm going to give to only the two, Callum Mills. Uh, he's wow. featured. Uh, what, what what did I say before? He's played two games in the last six for me, so he's probably featured four weeks uh, <laughs> in in the worst on votes. Uh, yeah, mate. For for someone who played all year with his Achilles injury, uh, for it to flare up now uh, in the couple of games, at the end of the year that no one knew about. No, this this hasn't been mentioned once, mm. uh, and then uh, now it's kept him out of two games. And potentially a third doesn't sound overly promising. He's going to be back this weekend. Uh, he can get stuffed because it's. Uh, we talk about those KFC socks. If I picked any other defender, I've uh, I'll be wearing a pair of KFC socks in two weeks. So that's mm. disappointing. And uh, three votes goes to a player that I really like. I've never really liked him. I haven't had him though. I've never had him. Well, I mean, I've had him once or twice, but he spent more time out of my team than in it. And considering he's been the number one defender two or three years in a row, that's hurt me. Uh, and I finally got him this year, and uh, he's been okay. Hasn't been great, uh, but hasn't been bad either. But uh, when I need him most, uh, because Mills is out, Stewart's out, he misses as well because of knee soreness. And I had a look. I know he's, he hadn't missed a game in 1,400 days or something. Yep. That I messaged yep. you. And I haven't had him about 1,350 of those. <laughs> uh, and for the 50 days that I have him, he misses one. So, yeah, Jake Lloyd, like his teammate, Callum Mills, uh, can just get absolutely stuffed, and uh, he gets the three votes. You're going to start him next year? Well, you talk about the forward line. I reckon the defense is going to be a bigger mm-hmm. issue next year mm-hmm. uh, because the, the good ones that we've had are moving into the midfield, uh, and you've really only got your your Lloyd, Ridley's, Riches, those types of players. So potentially, I don't want to, but might be forced to. Yeah, I reckon there's a 100% chance he starts. But, uh, yeah, no, that was stiff. I'll give you that. That was stiff. It was the worst week in history for him to decide to rest. Uh, but, sure, good on him. Um, I mean, it would have been it would have been all right if I'd played 
Durham, who got 93, but now I played Bianco, so, you know, I got 40. Uh, so, you know, how good's that? Another 53 points. Oh, I would have still been top 1,000. There you go. Stiff. That's bad coaching, mate. That's bad coaching. Uh, one vote I'm just going to give to the Sydney Swans in general. Like, come on. You were so helpful to us at the start of the year. You played all the rookies. You've given us some nice uh, premiums. Mills and Lloyd. Like, come on. Just, uh I don't know. Like, I, if I was them, I probably would have done the same thing, but I'd also just wear the abuse. So, uh, one vote for them. Two votes. Uh, he's coming with a rush, mate. Lockie Neal. Lockie Neal had 30 touches and a goal on the weekend for 84 in an absolute thumping by Brisbane. If, if that had have happened last year, mate, he would have got 184. But... Lockie Neal, for whatever reason, the algorithm has flipped and now everything he does is worth half. Well, the problem with Lockie is unlike last year where he had his monster quarters early, uh, they were the first or second quarter of the game, he's now having them in the last quarter. So Mm. when you win a game by what they won, uh, that doesn't equate to big super coach points. He had 12 touches goal or whatever in the last quarter and, uh, yeah, he didn't get what he would normally get if he, uh, if he starts the game like that. So, yeah, he's been disappointing. But, mate, as I said, at least he's playing. Yeah, yeah I guess. Sure. Um, and, mate, I'm going to follow on a, a trend here, but I'm actually going to own up to it a bit bigger than you. Three votes for the worst on. They go to Oz. They go straight to me. I like it. I almost I, um, but I, I like yeah. <laughs> I've, I'm traditionally pretty diligent, mate. I'm traditionally pretty diligent. Uh, with my team structure and making sure I get everything right and lined up and do what I need to do. I didn't even know John Newcomb was playing this week. Didn't know he was in. Didn't know he was in. He, because he wasn't listed as an in because he was the, uh, the medical sub the week before. Should be off that. Yeah. Didn't, I didn't even look. I was like, okay, so Newcomb's not playing. So I guess I just have to run with Finn McRae. I could have looped him. I could have looped Newcomb. I just, I just didn't. I just didn't didn't know he was in. Saw the game started, checked the laid outs, then logged in, checked the team, looked at it all. But uh, I didn't uh, I didn't loop him. That that threw forty seven points down the drain because I then played Finn McRae. So much like you giving away that fifty points, that forty seven points could cost me top fifty. Uh, yeah, I'm, and and I have no excuse for it other than I didn't I didn't check. Uh, so three votes go to me, mate. Uh, yeah, fair enough. Um- yeah, I mean, you wouldn't, you shouldn't have been too upset because it's John Newcomb, but then he got a 94. So exactly, your boy Finlay, and he got your 47. So yeah, mate, it's annoying, but it's uh, it's hard to it's hard to keep track of everything, really, isn't it? Well, that's where I'm like, uh, did he did he really play? Surely he's on the ins list if he was a medi sub that never got on the ground. You know, mm, I don't but, know how that works. Mm, anyway, oh well, there you go, <laughs> mate. On to I'm excited for this. I'm really excited for this. We're up to part seven. This is the seventh and final component of how we fix Supercoach. And you've been teasing for the last couple of weeks that this is the controversial one. So let's have it. Controversial is a bit extreme. Well, you uh, built it up well, mate. <laughs> did I? Well, it's part seven. I mean, and we, we'll, we'll recap. We won't recap tonight. We'll recap um, maybe next week in a review show or, or, or whatever, um, or its own show. Uh, but... <clears throat> Um, we talked a few times, um, and I won't bang on about trades, but God, it annoys me. And that one, just another example of why they need to fix that one. I think that was Street's Fix episode four or five. Bloody good one. Uh, last week, <laughs> last week talked about scaling uh, and how that needs to change. And I am uh, in, you know, once again, I agree with that wholeheartedly. And the feedback, <laughs> the feedback I got from the community 
um, from the listeners uh, was very strong uh, with that too. They didn't actually, you know, I think when they when they heard such a reasonable argument, they were like, yeah, I agree that they should do that. It's silly um, that acts, you know, in the first quarter of a game that gets close aren't deemed uh, nearly as important as ones in the last. So that's been well received. This one, mate. So. I'm keen to discuss this one um, just in more detail because I know I know you always bang on about how you don't don't want it to be AFL fancy and you like it. Supercoach is this, so well, I'll, I'll pose a question: like, why why do you like Supercoach? So it's is it because it's based on effectiveness uh, and not just you know points for for kicks or handballs? Like, you know, what, what would be the main reason? Sort of, you know, just. Uh, put you on the spot here for what, why you enjoy the game Supercoach versus uh, versus AFL fancy. Yep. No, I think you've got it in one. I want. I don't want all, all kicks aren't created equal in the game of AFL mm-hmm. uh, in the same way that all possessions aren't created equal, all actions, you know, spoils don't count in fantasy, all that sort of stuff. Okay. I want, and I know, okay. I know there's no perfect formula, but I prefer it where, you know, a, a Luke Ryan can have 12 spoils and have 150. Love it, mate. Having I agree. Touches. So wouldn't, yep. wouldn't the perfect formula just be, why do we have 3,300 points? Uh, because uh, the alternative there is that if players have a bajillion possessions, uh, the effectiveness scales with that. So it becomes AFL fantasy, mate. Because well, it doesn't, though. It does, though, because all it does is have every action is still the equivalent of points. So rather than being three three points for a kick, a long effective kick is five, mm-hmm. right? And spoils and then points, it just, and tackles yeah. points. And-, and then it just continues to scale up beyond... Mm-hmm. See, Never I will say I will say that uh, the biggest frustration for me playing Supercoach is the uh, scoring system. Uh, I hate it. I hate the lack of transparency in it. I just hate that you watch players get points for some things that other players don't get points for. So there's two ways to fix that. Uh, one is we have a more transparent system. Uh, where they either tell us there's breakdowns of the scores that you can get asset access to. Uh, you get to see like the live feed of what's being called for each player. Like they have that, so make that available uh, because that just frustrates me to no end. So that's that's one option. Uh, or the other option is you just scrap the 3,300 points because I like the fact that in Supercoach, long effective kicks are worth more than short backwards kicks. Like a backwards kick is worth one point. In Supercoach, the long kicks were four or five. And like the scaling is such, but I I would honestly reckon it wouldn't have that big an impact on the scores. Uh, and there'd just be more transparency because you know what you're going to get. An effective spoil is worth two, three points, um, no matter when it happens and no matter who it happens to, which is probably more to the point. But my biggest frustration playing Supercoach is the scoring. Uh, and transparency and watching some players, as I said, dominate where other players don't. And one player's you know, kick being effective and other players not. So you either have that as uh, more publicly available information that we can all see uh, because, hey, it, it might be accurate. I'm sure it is accurate, but just give it access and then we can you know, judge that for ourselves. Uh, or, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying do this. This is all about you know, throwing options out there. You just scrap the 3,300 points and Supercoach is a game of effective an impactful football rather than just a scoring to a, you know, a, a, a limit that they've plucked out of seemingly nowhere. Yeah. Okay. First, you, so I, I totally agree with your first point. There needs to be more transparency, obviously. Like we, we're getting the calculations from somewhere. It, there's a live feed filtering through somewhere. Like just give us access to that and show us a breakdown. Like that's a no brainer. The, the part I, I just do disagree with you about 
the effectiveness of the game being reflective if you remove the 3-3 rule because the reality is if you if you get rid of the 3-3 rule then the impact on a game that someone has does vary than it would with the 3-3 rule and it is not a fair reflection. If you have a really high high possession game that unfolds for whatever reason and then another game that's absolutely pissing down and it's wet and miserable and there's barely any touches, but you have a player that is the best player on the ground for that game and they get 120 as opposed to Jack McRae's playing under the roof at that Eddie had and having 45 and then scoring 180 points, I don't think that's appropriate. Like, I, I think the impact on the game is more I just, I just don't, I, honestly, and there's no, yeah, it's pretty but hard we know to it does. find out. We know it does. When we did yeah. our quiz about the, the um, footballers that had uh, averaged over 120 pre-2005 or seven or whenever it was, mm. there was a billion key forwards and it, it all averaged 130. Isn't that good? Yeah, but then just change the scoring system. Like change the percentage value of goals, which I think was one of your earlier things. Mm. I'm all for that. Fix it that way. Don't fix it by, you know, getting rid of the 3-3. Three, three. I just feel like if you do that, then it's, it's absolutely open slather. Um, and the impact on a game is not as important as just getting the kick. Like, and I don't want it's it to not, get it to the point where you want just getting the kick. It still needs to be effective. It still needs to be long. You still get points for spoils. You still get a lot of points for inset marks yeah. and goals and all these things that aren't scored in any other way. You just, if it says six points, you get the six points. You don't get 5.5 or eight or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, but so you... I don't, I don't you, know how it's a bad thing. Are you... Uh, yeah, but it, it is a bad thing because if there's... Right, if there's 4,000 points that get awarded in a game, just that's what happens, right? Then... Someone scoring 150 is the same impact on that game in terms of total percentage of points and impact on that game as if someone scored 120 points in a 3-3. And it's the impact, Supercoaches are the impact on the game's already sort of flawed. You've got defenders like your lawyers and all of that. Like their impact on the game is minimal and they have big averages. So that's yeah, already that's kind of... Just fix that's already kind of ruined, though. It has yeah. been before, though. There's players like Joel Bowden. There's you know rucks that absolutely dominate. That if you know, if you look at the actual impact of games or votes and stuff, the players that sometimes feature a bad suit like that. That that that's already a flaw in Supercoach. Um, it's not truly impact on the game. Yeah, but one of your rules, mate. Things can always get worse. Don't just ignore it just because there's already flaws. Don't add another flaw in there. Like I, don't I think, think it would be a flaw, though. I think it would. I think it definitely would. I can't. I like. I totally agree with the transparency. All for that. The whole reason in my mind that Supercoach works is a three three hundred rule. If if it wasn't that, it, it just wouldn't work, mate. It just wouldn't work because you could have a game where there's three thousand points given, and then another game where there's five thousand points given. Yeah, and. So then if someone if someone that happens absolutely, in fantasy, it doesn't like totally ruin it. Oh, you got all these players and similar averages. Of course it doesn't. Of course it doesn't. But if in fantasy, right, someone just kicks the thing long in the with two seconds to go in the game when they're down sixty, they get three points, right? So you're saying in super coach, down sixty, they just kick it long and it's an effective kick with two seconds to go, they just get five points. Yeah, sure. Well, that's no impact on the game. That's ridiculous. Then I know it's five points, and I'm fine with that. At the moment, it could be anything. Yeah, but that's the, you, your argument about the impact on the game and the effectiveness is relevant then because that fight, that long kick is not worth five points. It's not worth the same amount as it was in a tight game. They, they should be able to play around with the pie because that, that's how they do scaling is because of the three three hundred rule and their ability to flex that. Like, and and if you do if you get rid of that, then it, it, the impact of any handball kick or that sort of stuff is tainted in my mind. Mm-hmm. I'd rather just play that game. 
Yeah, I think you just want to play AFL fantasy, mate. Let's be honest. You've had a better fantasy year and you just want to play No, AFL. I want to play AFL fantasy <laughs> with effectiveness. Yeah. There you I don't go. like that just to kick three points. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, I like it, mate. It stimulated some thoughts and some conversation. What would be fascinating is if you did get rid of the 3,300 rule uh, like tomorrow, what did people average if you got rid of that rule? Like what players did actually average? I'd love to know. Um, you know, does it mean that McRae goes from 128 to 137 or like it'd be fascinating to understand? Yeah, it'd be cool. Um, and I, I honestly just don't think it'd be a bad thing. And you get transparency because I don't think we're going to get trans- transparency any other way. Yep, fair enough. There you go. Part seven. We'll do a recap show on all this and we can dive into it in more detail. Fair to say that's the, the one that I've disagreed with most vehemently, my friend. Mm, you have, you have, but I, uh, I don't know why, because once again, as I said, like if, <laughs> if you could just have, if you just be more transparent, then we, we'd be in a better place. <laughs> All right, mate. Uh, Oz is often, what do you got for us this week? Uh, simple one said last week, still had it in the gun because I, and I figured I'd hold it because I'm sure it would happen again. Players that play their first game in the last like week or two of the season, just completely ruins everything. Charlie Combin, this uh, North Melbourne ruck forward guy. I think we've, I know I've had him in my team in the past last year. He was a staple ruck forward. Very nice. You know, cheap, flexible, all that stuff. Played his first game on the weekend, scored, I don't know, 30, something irrelevant, bugger all. 30, big 35. Yeah, big 35, but that'll be enough to take his starting price up, you know, 30 grand, 40 grand, whatever it is for next year when he probably is ready to play as a 20-year-old or whatever it is. So I'm basically just off people getting their first game in the last couple of weeks of the year because that completely tanks them or limits your ability to pick them when it rolls around for the following season, Streety. And it's a shame because they become irrelevant footballers. Like nobody is going to know who Charlie Combin is. There was a a guy for the Crows, Braden Cooks, I think, who played his first game last week. Mm. No idea who he is. No one is going to know who he is. And it's a shame for those guys. Yeah, maybe that could be a a part eight, mate. You just, you know, you have to play two games or three games or something um, to go up in price. Because, uh, totally. yeah, right, no one's going to pick this player next year because he's going to be priced at like 170 or something silly. Mm-hmm. He's got one game of 35, which means absolutely nothing in the scheme of things. Uh, so, you know, maybe if it's, if you sub, if you average less than 40, you've played three, I don't know, whatever it is, something like that. Yep. Um, yep. And then you just factor as a rookie again. Yep, like it. And I'm off it. <laughs> All right, mate. Well, uh, not much chat about trades and stuff this week. Uh, <laughs> isn't really much to do. No one and would. Then, no, not a single person would have a trade. I reckon. I'd be very impressed if they did. If you've been holding one and you've made it through to your grand final, it's not, it's uh, not impressive. Wow. It's just luck. Well, I don't know. If, you, if you're playing for league, as you must be, if you're holding a trade uh, and have made your granny and are still alive, that is pretty ra- remarkable. Um, Anyway, I don't know. You and your luck. Um, Are you serious? All those defenders missing. (laughs) No skill in that. Zero skill. Uh, Yeah, okay. Good luck to everyone that is playing in their grand finals this week. I, unfortunately, am not in basically any after this disastrous week. Uh, My girlfriend even beat me. She spends all of three minutes a week on Supercoach. She beat me in a prelim, so that felt good. Um, Any last piece of advice or thoughts? For this week, mate. Uh, not really, not really, mate. 
you've just got to hope, I guess, that a few of those defenders are back um, and we don't have the carnage that we did this week. But if uh, the rumours are true and the pre-finals buy is going to be scrapped, then it wouldn't surprise me if a few teams do rest players mm-hmm. and uh, we, we cop it all over again. So yeah, that's another thing that if they do scrap that in years to come, Supercoach will need to try and fix it. Uh, because, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just kind of unfair that the finals and grand finals for the Supercoach and, you know, for some that are worth quite a bit of money, I guess, uh, you know, sort of severely impacted in this way. Uh, so, yeah, good luck if you've uh, if you've got those big games. I also don't. Um, I don't think I'll pay any attention this weekend. Uh, <laughs> but uh, good luck to those who, who do still have a chance. <laughs> like it, mate. Like it. Last one for me. Uh, and this is mainly just advice for Oz uh, at this point. But if there is that carnage and I need to pick from my rookies, uh, I'm going to list three. I need you to rank them for me who you'd play and who you wouldn't play. Uh, Finlay, McRae, Trent, Bianco, and Alec Waterman. One, two, three. Who are you playing? Uh, well, I wouldn't play Waterman. So okay. what did he do today? I'm he had 58. No okay. Kids couple. Interesting. Who are they playing next week? Uh, uh, I haven't looked. Oh, so it's Collingwood versus Essendon. There you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would still go one of the Pies boys just because they're capable. They've shown they're capable in the past. Um, I like Bianco just because you got the better role, but I know you'll probably go Finlay because you like him. Um, so I'd definitely go one of the Hollywood boys over Waterman anyway. I have a horrible feeling Finlay McRae might get dropped uh, this week because he barely played and by the end of the game he was out of the midfield and not part of that rotation. So I, yeah, if he's picked, I'll probably play him just because I like him, but yeah, I think got he may role. be dropped. We'll see. Um, cool. Thanks, mate. Oh, well, that's that. That was helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Cheers. Appreciate it. Um, Everyone out there, as you said, good luck. Hope you get up in any grand finals you are still alive in or if you're hunting that ranking that you can have the opposite of what we did this week, which was a disaster. And uh, next week we'll do a bit of a recap, summarise it, and then we'll get into our uh, end of season shows, Streety, which will be kind of fun. The Brownlow. It will be fun. I'm I actually know all the results. Well, I don't know who's won and stuff, but I'm the one that's been keeping track of it this year, which means I, I guess I have to host, right? Master Ceremonies. Mm. Uh, okay. Yeah, it won't be as good as last year's then. <laughs> yeah, it was well received last year. There was Very well received. <laughs> good feedback <laughs> from everyone. Uh, anyway, stay tuned for that. Good luck this week. We'll be in yours again next week.